0: Do you know who the most responsible traveller is? The one who doesn't travel, the one who sleeps all day at home, doesn't care about adding photos to their Instagram, they are happy, they are content, they don't give a F about what their friends and family members are doing. But that is not us, we travel and we make sure that people around us see and know how cool and happening our life is, even though we are crying from inside. I won't get into the nuances of what I just said before because this podcast is about responsible travel and not existential crisis. Yeah. Also, I have digressed a little, so let me tell you who my guest is. Prakriti Singh is an old friend who runs a lovely campsite near Mumbai at Campshed. What is so unique about this place? Let's hear from her. Also, you may find some parts of the audio uneven because. I lost some of the sound due to some technical issue, but I have managed to create a good episode and I think you will like it. So without further ado, don't know why they say this. But anyways, let's welcome Praditi and get this episode started. Hey Praditi, thanks a lot for taking out your time today. I am so glad that we are doing this episode. And by the way, uh, you may hear some noises in the background. That's Prakriti's cat, Bunny, a famous travel influencer who is also a co-guest for this episode. Hi, hi.
1: Thank you. Thank you for hosting me.
0: <laughs> I have been planning this episode with Prakriti for a while, but she is very busy with the startup. We finally found time to connect and today she is here as a guest for this episode. Before the podcast starts, I would like Prakriti to share a little about herself and this venture that she is running.
1: Sure, sure. So I am currently the chief exploring officer at Roar Ventures, which is my campsite. So basically I'm a campsite owner and how like I would describe myself. I'm the one woman army of Roar Ventures. I'm the sales, I'm the marketing, I'm the content creator. I'm also managing the operations with the help of some locals and the brand and the face of Roar. And I'm also a Himalayan trekker uh, budding life coach, and I've been a product and project manager in the
0: past. And not many of my listeners know, but uh, I started my career as a campsite manager. So we bond over camping stuff. Wow. And (laughs) a lot of things that we talked, I guess we won't be talking in this episode, but uh, (laughs) I would like Prakriti to tell my listeners how the idea of road Ventures came to her mind.
1: Sure, sure. Definitely. I love sharing this story. And I'm glad that it's documented so that, you know, anytime someone asks me, I can just share this. So I actually wanted to open a campsite of my own uh, since 2017. So when I was traveling and backpacking, I uh, tried to stay in hostels or homestays or campsite. And this idea of... uh, being a property manager or owning your own property in the countryside excited me i always used to think how it would be people every day making connections and also getting to stay in nature and making money alongside so i was quite fascinated by the idea of uh, you know uh, this life this lifestyle i wanted to experience this life and also i um in maharashtra i realized that the campsites and the camping culture is becoming very commercial So there was nothing, it was that, uh, there are like two extremes, either it's very commercial or it's very raw. When I say very raw, the basic facilities like washrooms and hygiene and cleanliness are also not taken care of. So I wanted to fill this gap. I was initially thinking to take a, a backpacking hostel franchisee, but then that would mean more investment and then I was then I was like just before starting my own campsite I was going on a Himalayan trek and I was just chatting with the hostel owner at Masuri, and she advised that you know if you have it in you it's a great thing to build your own brand so and that stayed with me for a while and after coming back from the Himalayan trek this is in October 2020 I thought let's do this you know I mean I want to make my own brand So it's anytime I can take a hostel franchisee, but building a brand from scratch would be something else. So I thought, let's do this. And uh, another thing why I narrowed down to the place. So when this lockdown happened, I was like uh, preparing before the lockdown for like uh, four months for a trek in the Nepal, in the Nepal Himalayas. And when that got canceled, I was really very frustrated and even the gyms were shut. i felt ab kya karu like there's nothing to do right james <laughs> are short you can't travel and that's when i thought i i cannot you know I, it was too much for me to take in again i'm talking from privilege a lot of things happened in covid but for me uh, staying indoors is very depressing i like being in the outdoors so i uh, got to know that one of my uh, gym friends has a property in uksan uh, which is Kams- which is like a small town not a town or village near the Kamshet main town. So Kamshet is um, ahead of Lonabla. And so Uksan is 15 kilometers inside the main town. So then I visited uh, Uksan in March, 2020, and I just fell in love with the place. Uh, It has a lake. It's an artificial lake uh, made by the dam backwaters. And I saw the sunset and immediately fell in love with that place. And I stayed there because, the travel was not permitted back to the city. Uh, the nationwide lockdown happened. I think I visited Uksan on 18th March and 23rd, say, there were restrictions. So I couldn't go back and I stayed there. And as I was staying there, I started enjoying the stay. And even when the restrictions were open, I was like, let me stay here for some more time. I made friends with the villagers and I was living a proper countryside life, you know a very slow living, um, everyone's helping each other, a very community kind of a stay, small things, even a birthday celebrated in the grandest manner, you know, everyone gets dressed up. So I was like, I'm living a different life where people are thinking that they are in house arrest. And I thought this experience I would want to give to others, you know, living in the countryside, a slow intentional life, living in amidst nature, swimming in the lake, you know, open lake, open water swimming. So I thought what I'm experiencing, this freedom, this freeness, I would want other people to experience as well. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it started.
0: Starting a campsite itself takes a lot of efforts considering that the guests coming to one have <laughs> yeah. certain expectations and the management of a campsite itself is a tough pair. But what is that one thing different you are doing compared to other competitors of yours that makes staying at road Ventures a unique experience? Mm-hmm.
1: So as I said, you know, there are like two extremes. Either it's like very commercial where you don't get to feel that you are camping in nature. It's like you are in a resort and there's a tent. So I wanted to change that camping is more than about staying in a tent camping is about connecting with nature camping is about you know making new friends bonding over stories making real human connections which will stay with you forever making real memories which will stay with you forever so mikko i mean i wanted it in maharashtra camping was becoming more like a tent stay like a lot of people market also camping as tenting tent stay so i wanted to sell more than an accommodation option i wanted to sell an entire experience that you're coming you're living a very slow life, you're sipping chai, you're sipping coffee. Everyone as a group, we together go for a lake swimming. If you're even non-swimmers can just take a dip, enjoy the sunset, appreciate the sunset. Uh, the lake gives a 360 degree view. You know, on one side, there are the hills and on the side, there's uh, there's a field. And there are fields on two sides and there's a lake and the hills. So just, you know, I like, Want people to experience this living in nature and us living a very slow life and not thinking about anything else. So, I purposely not kept a Wi Fi also. Uh, now there's Geo network, but when I started, it was a no network zone. So, and I also had painted a stone that no Wi Fi <laughs> just talked to each other. So, I think um, what I'm trying to do here is change that camping, change the narrative that camping is about just staying in a tent, it's about. Connecting with nature and making memories, making new friends, I also like uh, encourage campers to you know help uh, the locals. So I have like local boys who work for me and I also like uh, appreciate ki, hey, you know let's do this, let's do that so that they also get uh, get to feel involved and they see the backstory of managing a campsite of how much work goes behind behind just giving you a one night experience and wherever possible, I try to like sensitize them about how the local lives are that for us, and so many things are we take it for granted. but here in the village, even using water uh, judicially and even electricity, these all things are also something which we have to be mindful of.
0: and you are also making sure that the local community or the village where your campsite is gets involved in this venture through birthdays, Christmas, and other celebrations. Which itself is an important thing considering how commercial travel takes back so much and gives very little in return.
1: True, true. That's true. I mean, that was one of the objectives of starting uh, Roar because uh, my sister has been an entrepreneur and she also uh, generated a lot of income for the village. She has a farmhouse on the mysore road. And I admired her so much because, you know, talking is very easy. I want to do something for the rural India, but actually doing it on the ground level is very difficult. So I, uh, when I started, this was one of the goal that I want to upskill the people here. I want them to be self-sufficient. I want them not to migrate for simple basic opportunities. So like employee generation was one of the objective. So everything, like everything is DIY at the campsite. And everything is done by a local, not in one instance, I would hired someone, even from the Kamshek town. I tried that everyone, everything should be from the village. If there's no, for example, there's no proper electrician in Uksan. So I got the villager from the uh, nearby village. I got the electrician from the nearby village. So at least it still goes to some village, right? So I'm trying uh, to like, one is to everyone I employ is a local. Secondly, um, I try to set aside a budget so that whenever there's a, a local festival, so in villages, there's so many like gatherings which happen. That's their only source of income, uh, entertainment, right? So they have this bhajans and kirtan and sometimes they have like huge gathering, quarterly gatherings and uh, some Jayantis and festivals. So a particular budget is kept aside to give for that festivals and also for example christmas like every year on christmas we invite the kids to our campsite and we give them like a small we host a small christmas party for them like cake chips some music you know someone will be a santa claus and, <laughs> and we'll make them play games and dance to music and just it's just a fun activity i mean they don't even know what santa claus is So in December 2020, when the first time we celebrated Christmas, one, like some of the kids got scared because they had never seen a Santa Claus. And it was like surprising for me, like how we take certain things for granted, right? Um, But they have no exposure. So then we, now they know, now they are like expecting the 24th, it's Christmas Eve, we'll get chocolates, we'll get cakes and chips. So now they know uh, that every 24th, 25th, we have this but initially they had no idea about christmas and even the parties so and that is one way in direct like 2020 um, the like everyone knows like right? the agriculture and transportation everything was messed up so a lot of uh, villagers used to send their uh, in rainy rice produce to the pune market but they couldn't send it and a lot of their produce was wasted Because uh, they couldn't send it to the Pune wholesale market. So I helped helped the villagers to sell them. So whoever was coming at the campsite and they used to appreciate that, wow, this rice is so good. I used to tell them, hey, we have a lot of Enrayami rice. These are local homegrown rice and why don't you take something, some of them. So I mean, I could sell 60%, um, which is like, uh, and without... uh, any marketing, like whoever was coming to the campsite while checking out, it was like a very word of mouth thing that, hey, you know, we also have rice and you can take and you can buy from them. I also used to sensitize, you know, it, it will be helpful because a lot of their rice is not uh, sold off this time. So this is like small things which I do so that I'm giving back to the place because Uksan has given so much to me. I feel I owe this. I do owe these basic things at least.
0: But that is what you are doing how do you make yeah. sure that uh, the visitors who come there also give back to the nature and the local community when they book with you got it so one thing is
1: uh i sensitize them about the waste management in the villages and i like one thing is you take back all the waste you are getting you know because it's very difficult to dispose plastic in the villages i also like uh while booking, all this, I tell them that it's better if you get your own bottles because we have, you know, supply of water. Uh, but it's better if you don't uh, use the plastic bottles. And again, uh, that is for the nature part of it. No litter, no leave, no trail policies are there. Uh, Secondly, this thing, uh, selling the uh, rice was also like the visitors were giving back in a way to local community, right? So day before yesterday, uh, one of my camper called me that he wants a bulk order uh, because uh, everyone is missing the rice, the Indraini rice, which is famous of Kamshet. And so this, and that bulk order will be like, I think good enough to sustain the family for five, six months. So I felt nice that, you know, that time they had just taken two, three packets. Now they're calling me to get, uh, to buy so much of rice at the same time. So uh, I'm also trying to like hold like flea festivals where, you know, all the Thais can hold, uh, can host their stalls and people can come and buy from them. So these are the some things uh, which the visitors are also trying to give back.
0: And as of now, how are you generating most of your uh, business and uh, bookings?
1: Most of my business is from uh, social media marketing, like Instagram has given me a lot of business. So even before the land lease was in my hand, I started creating a, like a community on Instagram. So that really helped. And so my first initial few bookings were mainly from Instagram. And secondly, I moved to Google quite late, but, uh, right now, if I see my so 60% bookings are from Google and, and the rest, I would say are organic and word of mouth. I'm also trying to do a lot of content marketing on Instagram. So it's mainly through word of mouth and online.
0: That's nice. And here we say that Instagram doesn't help in generating business or. I mean, yeah,
1: it. I've also heard a lot of negative things about you know Insta doesn't give business and it's more only for awareness but I think uh, the way you are putting out the content you know I've all I've always tried to uh, question people about hey why do you want to go camping do you do you really think camping is about just staying in a tent so I try to you know leave them with a question so that they are also pondering and they see hey there's something different about this campsite you know they must jo- they are not just talking about the stay. so i was like as i mentioned i promote slow intentional living so that reel got really viral uh, which was about slow intentional living and so many people reached out because of that reel so yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's a mixed thing but yeah it has helped me so i have no complaints at all
0: Yes, yes, it totally depends on the type of marketing one is doing. Uh, but
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, possible, possible.
0: And uh, how is the world of uh, travel and tourism industry different for a female entrepreneur like you?
1: First of all, I find it very uh, disappointing that people reach out on emails or on WhatsApp or on Instagram with the title of Hi, Sir, Hello, Sir and you guys are doing a great job. And sometimes, most of the times, I tell them, hey, there's no sir here, it's only a madam. And I, so, I mean, it's it's it pinches, you know, because as I told you, I'm a one-woman army, and people assume that there's a sir or there's a male behind it, it pinches a lot. So that's one thing, and I try to, like, even in Google, I've identified as a female-owned business. So that was one thing, uh, but on the ground uh, dealing with male egos, because starting a campsite means you're, you have to talk to a lot of uh, Sarpanch and villagers and other folks to, uh, you know, take the permissions, NOC and certificates and everything. And a lot of times it felt that, you know, uh, they did not trust me with this. Uh, it felt that you know, it's just another person making an attempt. And I mean, even my father was like, you know, you will do it for two, three months and then you will come back. And uh, yeah, so for, people did not trust it initially. And some people still don't believe it that I don't have a team. They feel that I am, you know, I, it's it's a bluff. there's someone still behind it. And it's a bootstrap uh, campsite. I haven't uh, taken money from anyone, but still when people tell that, you know, you must it must be sponsored by my dad or it must be sponsored by someone that pinches a lot Uh, trust is one factor Um, secondly I was uh, living at the campsite for around 11 to 12 months in the initial stage when I was trying to set up a brand when I wanted to host every individual like I did not even uh, want to miss one even if there's a couple coming even if there's two people coming to at the campsite, I would want to host them personally because I wanted them to know what role is and why I started this. So I was staying at the campsite uh, in the container and sometimes it used to be really scary uh, living in the container in the wilderness. I used to feel that what if you know, some, someone tries to attack and uh, the, the container was just a basic container. The washrooms were not attached. So going, opening the shutter at around 3, 4 a.m. i going to the washroom. There was also leopard scare in between. So though there were times when I felt, ki, God, what am I doing? Some of my searches were like, what to do if you encounter a leopard? <laughs> my Google searches were those things. But yeah, I have done that, you know. I don't, now if, we, if you ask me, what are the challenges um, you felt? I think uh, I have overcome most of them. There was some initial resistance, as I said, you know, male ego from authorities and yeah, living alone in the village. But uh, otherwise, I feel I've overcome all of them.
0: Which is very interesting. Uh, traveling tourism <laughs> is a very male-dominated industry and while women contribute a lot, uh, it's very much in the shadows, in the background.
1: Yeah. So it yeah. is very
0: amazing to see that a female entrepreneur is doing something unique in this market and making a statement.
1: And, and what I really liked, uh, and which I never thought while opening this campsite, a lot of female travelers did their first camping solo experience. And they say it, they, it was possible because the owner is a female. So this is, a, this is something which I feel a lot of pride in, you know, I am also enabling people to do their first solo travel or solo camping experience and I never thought that you know this will be an advantage of being a female uh, entrepreneur or a female campsite owner and so for example there was a group of five sisters and they said they're doing this camping experience for the first time and not only that they were actually on an outing for the first time without their husbands and they enjoyed it so much. It was a weekday. It was just the five of them at the campsite. They enjoyed so much. They were singing. They were dancing. They were uh, sharing their old stories and laughing aloud. They were moon gazing at the night, and the bonfire was on till three a.m. So I felt so nice. Even they had the time of their lives. And also there was a Muslim uh, family. So the she uh, stayed at the campsite with three daughters. And she also sa- said the same thing, you know, it is possible because uh, we spoke to you, my husband spoke to you, and we realized there's a female uh, person managing the campsite or there's a female-owned business. So I really, it just touches me so much, these small, small thing that I never thought that I will be enabling as an entrepreneur.
0: Because for them, it's a big thing, right? For them, it's a milestone. And uh, so what sort of activities are there uh, at the campsite that guests can partake in uh, when they are vacationing road ventures?
1: So I am, as I mentioned, that I'm trying to keep it as raw as possible. So I have not like added zipline or all those activities. If I want to like give them a very raw countryside experience so one thing is i encourage people to do a lake or take a dip in the lake and this need not be like a proper swimming but just take a dip in the lake because the lake is so clean and when you are in the lake watching the and this mainly like sunset swimming is one activity which i talk about because i it's so uh, stress-free that you are just watching the sunset and taking a dip So, and the objective behind this is also to encourage people to live in the moment.
0: Because any other
1: activity you do, it is possible that you are distracted or you have a phone with you. But you are, once you are taking a dip, when you are taking a dip, after a certain point of time, you have to leave your devices right. So, we go for a sunset swim as a group. And there are also like major trails nearby. There's a sunset hike we used to do, but uh, it's an optional thing. We go for morning hikes. So there are hikes, nature trails, sunset swimming. And of course, I've kept some outdoor games like uh, uh, if someone wants to play cricket, if someone wants to play football, Frisbee, and on. So it's more of a nature soaking experience, I would say. Um, so when people ask for activities, um, they expect uh, that there would be a day or something and uh, I like set the expectations, hey this is a nature camp so I would want you to you know do these things. Just soak in nature, go for a trail, go for a walk, do forest bathing. So there's a nice waterfall around the campsite. It's a seasonal waterfall, it's not a period waterfall. So we used to like during our monsoon camping season we all go to that waterfall and it's such a serene waterfall because just us, it's just our group which goes there. So after breakfast, uh, during morning uh, in the morning time, we all of us go to that hike. It's a nice forty minutes hike. So I'm. It's more of a nature related activities.
0: And I hope that uh, the secret waterfall stays secret and doesn't become. I uh, I really treatments.
1: hope. I really hope uh, <laughs> a lot of influencers have also visited and I have requested all of them to not to mention the location. So till now, it's not, uh, it's still a secret. It's been two years. I've managed to keep it a secret. Uh, People ask me about the location. I tell them to come to the campsite because I don't trust humans to not let yeah. So, because when we are going, we either take no plastics to the, on the trails, or even if uh, some people are declaring, they are taking, I make sure uh, after reaching the base that, hey, do you have? And if they don't have, I sometimes send them back. Can you please go back and take it? Because otherwise, it it is not something which I
0: encourage. A lot of times I hear that property managers don't do this because they can't enforce uh, sustainable rules for their guests because they are afraid that they will leave bad reviews. But it seems that Prakriti has understood how to approach the situation. And often what happens is that guests who come at a lovely site like this, They too become mindful about their behavior. So they too make sure that they don't leave footprints and they uh, behave according to the campsite rules. Because if you go to Rishikesh, no one does that. And no one actually cares because people are not local. All the campsites are being run by outsiders. But Prakriti is a local. She has practically adopted the village. So she ensures that the place is left in the pristine condition and the trend continues. With this, Prakriti, uh, we have come to the end of this episode. Thanks a lot, Prakriti. Thanks a lot for giving your time for this episode. It was lovely talking to you and to my listeners. You can explore Prakriti's ventures when you are in uh, Mumbai or Pune. And even if you are not able to plan a vacation with Roar Ventures in the near future, plan your next trip with a company that is giving back to the local community just like Prakriti does
1: thank you my
0: pleasure as
1: well i mean, uh,
0: as i mentioned i really
1: like talking and sharing about this and now that it's documented it's, it's better you know because every time people come to the campsite they want to know the back story so i mean i would say thank you for calling me and thank you for having me
0: on the podcast and you can also connect with Prakriti on her social media channels. So my personal account is PraxTheExplorer. P-R-A-K-S uh,
1: underscore the Explorer, And my baby, that is my campsite,
0: it's at the Ventures, R-O-A-R Ventures. And just like that, you can also connect with me on my social media platforms. All the links are mentioned in this episode's description. Also, just like Prakriti, I too run a venture this podcast venture i mean you cannot see sunset from my podcast but you can listen to the podcast while watching the sunset probably from more venture well if there are these many advantages then why don't you simply go to itunes and audible and amazon music where my podcast is hosted and leave a 5-star rating over there. Your ratings are the only way for my podcast to get more listeners and more attention unless I start doing something controversial that I don't want. So be a nice person, leave a nice review. And with this, I have come to the end of this episode. I wish we could have gone a little longer, but uh, we can always come back with a part 2. Everything is planning a lot more at Kamshin, so you better start following a journey today.